0: Hello and welcome again to another edition of Myrtle Beach Focus this weekend on your favorite Cumulus radio station or maybe you're taking us along on the podcast either way thank you so much for listening I'm Night Train and always joined by the city of Myrtle Beach's Mark Crew. Mark well how are you sir
1: Well I'm all right where this is the Hurricane Ian edition apparently Night Train Yes so. um Doing well. You and I normally talk on Wednesday, and for one reason or another, we postpone that. So we're talking on Friday, a couple of hours, maybe three hours before the storm is expected to make landfall in South Carolina. Surely you have followed Hurricane Ian as closely as I have along the way. And and the forecast track, I want to say two things about that. Mm -hmm. First, the spaghetti models were all over the place. Yes. Um, And yet the National Weather Service seemed remarkably confident, even for the National Weather Service, I thought, in terms of where the storm was going to go, and uh, overall, I would say that it followed that track very closely i think uh, those were my two observations that the hurricane the spaghetti models were looked like a bullet of spaghetti there for a while and and then they finally uh, settled down, and the storm followed that main major track and uh, we were out of the Five-day cone mm-hmm. much of the week out of the three-day cone well, the whole time, I guess, um, except for one, one evening, Thursday evening, we fell back into almost. We're very close to being back in the cone. Um, and, again, we're still about three hours away from the storm, so we'll see how accurate that is. But at this point, when you and I are talking, mm-hmm. that. Landfall between Georgetown and Charleston, so we'll be on the wrong side of the storm. We'll be on the strong side. We will get um, significant tropical storm winds. Don't know whether we'll get hurricane strength winds, but that's entirely possible as the storm
0: goes by. Let's talk about this, Mark. Since you know, as you know, like you said, we are recording this on Friday, a few hours prior to what's going to happen. What what leads up as a municipality? What leads up to what's part? What's part of the preparedness? These type of things, Mark.
1: I think there are two things. And it's a great question: what what can we do to mitigate any damage? And then, two, how do we respond quickly if there is damage along the way? So earlier in the week, we lowered the lake levels at Grand Park Lake. That's something we have the ability to do. Where we had the chance to lower lake levels, we dropped them by about two feet, uh, so that we can handle the expected five to eight inches of rain that the storm would bring. And you think, well, you know, two feet is only five to eight inches of rain. Well, that, those are <laughs> regional detention ponds. So they collect water from basically all of the market common out at Grand Park. So it's mm. more than just the two feet that you lower it. Uh, but we do put some capacity into those lakes by lowering them. So we do that. We, you know, preposition equipment. We make sure that our generators are running. We make sure that we've got fuel for our vehicles, that uh, we've got, you know, chainsaws and uh, have people on standby to respond during and after the storm as needed and you know, if you watched our facebook page you saw the you know the police out picking up debris helping somebody with their hotel sign that got blown over early friday morning in fact um so we're we're thinking about what we can do to eliminate problems so we'll go around and clear the stormwater ditches that you know may cause a problem or the stormwater drains that may cause a problem we take the trash cans and the recycling containers off the beach We closed the bark parks to make sure that, you know, people weren't hit by falling tree debris. We took the flags down on the boardwalk so that they did not wear out. Actually, flags came down pretty much all across the city. Uh, And then we've got crews ready to respond when something does happen as part of the storm system.
0: How does that work for like, um, when it, when it becomes, when it, when it comes to power? power outages does does the city work with the the, the power authorities or how do, how does that structure work
1: uh, we've done some preemptive stuff there too night train by putting the utilities underground in large sections mm-hmm. of the city for example ocean boulevard is now virtually all underground uh, the market common area where we've got new construction all the new subdivisions that have been built really since like 2000 2001 that's right have been built underground so we've eliminated much of the chance for a power outage. That's not to say that you still can't get a power outage. My power blips periodically and I live out at the Market Common, but you you're not likely to get the widespread or long-lasting power outages because we've put so much of that infrastructure underground through the
0: years. Let me about as far as evacuating goes, what what's the criteria to say okay, this is when we should tell people get out. You know, what's how does um, that work? The short
1: answer to that question is the governor. Yes. <laughs> the, the longer answer to that question is that uh, the governor's office and the governor uh, does communicate with the local emergency management folks. So Horry County, uh, Randy Webster, we've got a great Crew here locally, and Randy's got a wonderful reputation, not just in South Carolina but across the nation. In fact, as one of the premier emergency managers, so the governor's office and the governor will check in with the local folks. They'll call the mayors and the, the you know the county council folks, and they will put their finger in the air. They'll they'll take a temperature. <laughs> they'll they'll see what what the feedback is, and you know if the local folks are saying. Nah, maybe not. The you know the governor's office will take that into consideration. But again, it it depends on the the strength of the storm, the expected landfall for the storm, where that's going to be. The governor has the final say though in terms of whether or not to call for an evacuation.
0: I I wonder if he's second guessing himself. I knew the answer to that, Mark. I I was I was just wonder if he's second guessing himself now. I don't uh, you know I can't you can't speak for the governor nor will I. I just.
1: I, I... I can't. Um, I think that the odds were pretty good that we were going to get a Category 1 somewhere along the way. So I, I, I sort of doubt it. You know, When you call an evacuation, you have to make sure that you're evacuating the right area. Did you evacuate the whole South Carolina coast? And with this storm, uh-huh. as with, what was it? Um, was it Floyd? It was one of those storms, where, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, where you literally could not evacuate far enough away to get out of the storm's Path, and that's that's the case in this one. This one is mm-hmm. going to go, you know, up to Columbia and up to Charlotte. Yeah. Um So there, where do you go in a, a situation like that? Sometimes it's, it's probably better, and that probably was what was running through his mind. You know, not to create more confusion by sending people helter skelter into you know, the other parts of the the state where they're still going to get the same storm. So I, it's a tough call. There's yeah. no, yeah. there's no guarantee that you've done the right thing, but you know, if, for a category one where it's going to cover the whole state, any way you look at it, you have to ask yourself, where would people evacuate that they <laughs> still weren't going to be affected by the storm?
0: So. Yeah, true. Good point. Good point. Um, you know, people wonder what, what, you know, you you go from tropical depression storm to Cat one, two, three, four, five. You know, what what is what does that look like? What is, what? I don't think uh, the difference between the Category four that hit Florida and the cat and a Category five would really matter too much. Uh, just what it did to Florida—that is insane. The damage there.
1: Well, and for the newcomers to the area, plus the old timers, because it's been a while. It's been what Hugo's since we had that and. Realistically, Nitrane, the the winds for Hugo here on the Grand Strand were Category 1. Granted, mm-hmm. it landed at, at what a Category 3 down at McClellanville, something like that. Um, Hazel was a 4 when it landed, and the Grand Strand was nowhere near as built up at that point as it is today. But look at what Florida suffered from a Category 4, and that's what you would expect here if we had a direct hit from a Category 4. So do not take any of those storms Lately.
0: You know, as we were, I was talking on uh, my afternoon show yesterday, and at the time it was looking like, <clears throat> and, and it, it would be great if it had still happened, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that way, uh, that it, it would come in about 540-ish or so, which is at low tide. Uh, and that would help a lot with beach erosion and such, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It's looking like it will be closer to a high tide. What, so what is, what's the thoughts there?
1: Yeah, and last I heard, it was probably going to be about 1 o'clock here along the Grand Strand and moving on into Conway. And then Florence, uh, you know, Florence is in in the path of this storm Mm -hmm. as well. Charlotte is in the path of this storm before it's all said and done. Uh, I'm afraid that we will have beach erosion. Mother Nature moves sand around. Sometimes she puts sand on the beach. Sometimes she takes sand away from the beach. Sometimes she moves it north and south on the beach. Uh, So we will lose some sand. I can tell you that already from the videos that I've seen. Uh, How much of that is going to be the case, I don't know. We were fortunate that we had a good beach prior to this. So maybe as the the winter goes on, some sand will accrete, will accumulate Uh as the the waves action. So
0: So does that affect the timeline for when we do get another beach renourishment? Does that affect that timeline or it just happens when it's supposed to happen?
1: No, it very much can affect the timeline, depending upon what sort of damage you've had. FEMA and Congress can work together to – and the Army Corps of Engineers – I'm sorry, the Army Corps of Engineers, not FEMA – can work together to do an emergency renourishment if needed. I, I'm hopeful that we won't be in that bad a sure. shape. But even though, you know, an emergency renourishment takes at least a year, probably two years, to make happen, to provide the funding, to get the contractor in place, to get all the equipment out there, and, and to, to schedule it and do it. Uh, probably two years if you were looking at that. So it, it definitely can speed up the process. At this point, we're on generally a 10-year cycle, assuming uh-huh. we don't lose, lose a whole bunch of sand. So.
0: Um, let's. <laughs> it, it goes without saying. I mean, there, it's the fall, and there's always a lot of events scheduled, Mark. And once again, this also goes without saying. There's a lot of things canceled right now, Mark, or postponed at least.
1: Yeah, there was a great deal of stuff that was supposed to go on this weekend night train, and odds are that Saturday is going to be sunny and beautiful
0: year. <laughs> it's, That's what it looks but like, you gotta
1: yeah, to, yeah. you got to get to the Saturday in one piece, and that, that was the unknown component in all of this, and when the storm would hit. So the I Love Seafood Festival, which had been rescheduled once already, has now been moved out to November 5th and 6th. The Fall Jerk Festival, which would have been this Sunday, has been moved out to October 30th. Pride in the Park, I guess, may have been this weekend. That's been moved to October 22nd. Our police department, fire department, the Horry-Georgetown County groups, were going to get together for a public safety day over at Coastal Grand Mall. That has been moved to October 22nd. The BritFest car Show, again, tomorrow is likely to be sunny and beautiful. It yes, is, yes. they moved They've moved that to October 15th, so just to be safe. Um, I, we closed our Bark Parks. Um, you know, some some of the regular standing stuff for this weekend got postponed. But those are the big things that got moved out because of the storm this weekend.
0: Well, I'm going to touch on uh, touch on some of the stuff that took place last weekend. There were some 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 big events last weekend. First of all, the 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 chili festival. Did did you get to make it to that, Mark?
1: I did. It was Sunday late. It was probably about two o'clock Sundays. It was in the wind down phase, but mm-hmm. I did get there. Had. Some good chili, some chili that melted my mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: I'm not, not a big fan of spicy stuff necessarily. Um, I, most of the chili I ate was great. I had some uh, was was good, and I had a couple of really great chilies along the way. Did you get there?
0: Oh, I, oh, I most definitely did. I most, most and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because as much as because I'm a big chili head, I, I just I just love chili. And last year was just not as enjoyable because it was a so daggone hot. But this year the weather was just—I mean, it couldn't have been any better, Mark. Really, for the event.
1: No, it was very pleasant. It, it was not hot. You—you um, you could wander around. And again, I got there towards the end of the day, into the festival, in fact. But um, people seemed to enjoy themselves. Uh, there were a lot of places that were out of chili by the time I got there. But I—I uh, I really did have some great chili.
0: But as far as the overall attendance, the pleased, pleased. Thank you.
1: I didn't see a number, but as far as I know, everybody was pleased, yes. Um, the live music, you don't think about this as being a full-blown festival. That's right. There's there's, there's live music, um, there's all kinds of entertainment, there's beverages of, of the beverage kind, if you'd like to do that sort of thing, too. So it, it really is a full-fledged festival. So. Uh,
0: and also, I did not, I'll be honest with you, I just flat forgot about it, the uh, Taste of the Market Common was last weekend.
1: It was, and I made it to that and had good food as usual. It's hard not to not have good food out of the market, common So I wandered around. The lines, night train, were longer at the stations than I was accustomed to. This was, I think, the third year for that, and I've gone every year. They moved the ticket booth location, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I had to wander the whole darn neighborhood to find the ticket booths. Um, but the, once you've got your tickets, and the, 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 the lines were long, but they went fairly quickly. So good, good turnout, I think, all the way around for that.
0: We've touched on this, and, and now that I know what, it's, what it entails, and, you know, if you're a newbie to the area or uh, lived here for a while and, and just want to learn more about the area, the, the history series is, I think, something people would enjoy of all ages personally.
1: It is, um, and that's something that we had talked about with the Seniors Advisory Committee in Chapman Memorial Library back before COVID, and then COVID happened. We actually had a schedule set up. COVID happened, and that got canceled. So we have that coming up here starting next week, next Tuesday, in fact, with Jack Thompson as the Uh, history lead-off person. By the way, Jack Thompson's 86th birthday was a week ago Thursday. Um, So happy birthday to Jack Thompson. But Jack leads it off over at the train depot at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. He'll talk about the history, and Jack tells a great story about when he was 13, he and his brother and Carol Campbell, who who would grow up to be a governor of South Carolina, (laughs) (laughs) ran away from Greenville, came down to Myrtle Beach, and just uh, Jack stayed. They all apparently chickened out, for lack of a better word, and went <laughs> home. But Jack stayed and began his photographic career here along the Grand Strand. So what, what a great story he'll tell. The next one is Tuesday, November 1st, and that's Dino Thompson. Dino and his partner used to own Cagney's Restaurant, for example. Mm-hmm. Dino wrote Greek Boy, which is a fascinating story. The uh, Wednesday, January 11th, Victor Shama, who's the Bowery owner,
0: will talk. <laughs> Buddy
1: Stires. In February, who's the, uh, he's a retired Air Force colonel. He's the Redevelopment Authority Executive Director for the Air Force Base. Uh, February, again, Ruth Trask Gore from the Trask family, which owned the land where much of Broadway at the beach sits, I think. Uh, Mary Cookie Canty Goings, who's our staff person in neighborhood services, but her mother was Mary Canty, for whom the recreation center is named and the the person who led the charge to preserve the historic Myrtle Beach Colored School. And then wrapping it up in April is Buzz Plyler, who is the son of the founder of the Gay Dolphin. And Buzz has been there, gosh, what, 40, 50 years probably with the Gay Dolphin himself. So a great opportunity, whether you're new or, or not new to the community, to, to learn about Myrtle Beach's history from the first-hand people.
0: You know, because, you know, we've talked, you know, we're not a terribly old you know area uh there's still a it's a it's a colored history it's a very very colorful history i think
1: it it is a very colorful history and uh, we're a teenager as towns go is what i like to say because we didn't start as a town until 1938 a hundred years ago 1922 there may have been what 300 people living here on, uh, on a regular basis um you you could barely drive here in 1922 for that matter uh, so very young but you're right very colorful and, and the rapid growth is part of that we've had so much fun stuff to do that the you know the, the history is pretty much condensed and, and and very interesting
0: you know if if uh if i know what this is i don't think i don't know that i know this the groundbreaking on DC blocks. Do I know what I'm saying there, Mark? Have we talked about this? You
1: may know what you're talking about. This is Tuesday. Gosh, I think it's at 11 o'clock, assuming it doesn't get changed at all. This is out at the ITAP, the International Technology and Aerospace Park. You've probably seen some news about landing a big over- undersea internet. Cable oh, yes, in yes, area. Yes, yes, yes. That's what this is for. This is the groundbreaking for that out of the ITAP. Yes.
0: Okay. That, yeah, that's a. I think that's underappreciated, the potential that that can mean for our area when it comes to tech-related things, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This is going to put us on the technology map, as I understand it. It will bring some jobs to the area. Um, but it, it really is going to be uh, what, what Myrtle Beach is the hub for the Internet on the East Coast of the United States. I know. Yes, that's, that's where we're headed with this.
0: That's, uh, that's pretty crazy, you know. It really is. Good <laughs> yeah. stuff, though. Uh, National night out. Let's touch on that, Mark. It's been moved.
1: That, that's coming up next Tuesday as well. Tuesday is just chock full of stuff. My just clear your calendar for Tuesday because there's plenty of stuff going on. So Tuesday over at the convention center from 5 till 8 p.m., our neighborhood watch groups, and even if you're not in a neighborhood watch group night train, you can come enjoy this, will be there for national night out. We did this two or three years ago, maybe. We had everybody over at the convention center just pre-COVID, I guess. And we've got a cooking competition, so the fire and the police department folks will provide like hamburgers and hot dogs or something like that. And then the neighborhoods are going to cook their best side dish, and then we'll have some celebrity judges. I think the, the TV weather people are going to be there, and I train to judge yes. these side dishes. Um, so you'll have a great, great chance to eat, obviously, come for dinner. Uh, you'll have a chance to meet your other neighbors and the rest of the people in the city, plus our city staff. will have you know Our city staff will be there. City council will be there. And you'll have a chance to say hi to all of those folks.
0: So when we talked about this before. Uh, the, one of the things, I guess, that got moved was was, was weather-related, obviously. I'm assuming the, na- the nights at Nance, right? Nights at Nance.
1: Yeah, nights at Nance got canceled what would have been this Thursday. And because of the weather, the, it wasn't exactly conducive to being outdoors Thursday evening. So that got moved till next Thursday. So you'll have a chance to do nights at Nance next Thursday, which is, what, October 7th? Um, October sixth. I'm sorry, I can't read the calendar. October sixth, and then we'll be back again. October thirteenth, and then the last one will be October twenty seventh. So, Painted Man is our uh, band for this coming Thursday. So, yes, you'll be plenty to do next week.
0: Uh, bike at the beach is that this Thursday or, or Saturday or next Saturday? Is, 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 that is next, next Saturday. Saturday. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. And I need to find that on my list of things here at some point along the way. But, yeah, that is coming up next Saturday. And it's, a, it's one of those things where they, people who really like to bike, there's a short ride, there's a medium ride that's like 30 miles. And there's a that's, long ride. That's a
0: medium ride? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, <laughs> there's a long,
1: <laughs> long ride that you can do. So, um, yeah, so keep that in mind. Let me do a quick search here to find out. How long is anyway. the
0: yeah, – I mean, if the medium ride is 30 <laughs> miles – I, it,
1: it, well, it's something like that. Yeah, it, it's a it's a decent activity if you're looking for that's that.
0: That's a lot of overachievers. I mean, that's not a medium ride in my world. That's not no. <laughs> I mean, from Socrates to Market Common is a medium ride to me. Yeah, that's here we cool.
1: go. Yeah, Saturday, October eighth. All skill levels are welcome, mind you. But yeah, the, the 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 medium ride is thirty miles. I was correct about that. The long ride, you're sitting down. Yeah. 62
0: miles. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: that would take me a
0: week. That would take me a week to do that.
1: The short one is a 10-mile family (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh,
0: God. I thought that would be like a mile fun ride or something, you know?
1: (laughs) So that one starts down at the pavilion place um, and then goes all over the Creation,
0: basically. So was, you know, they, the they, they, they said riders of all levels and the shortest is 10 miles? Are you kidding me? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> God. All right, so if that's your thing, go for it there. Go for it. I can imagine how I would be after... I would look like I rode a horse. I mean, if I if I if I drove a bike 30 miles, you know what? I mean, that would be sore for days. Good lord. Yeah,
1: so 30 miles is a long trip. There is a cost to that. To the long ones, the family ride is free, but the long ones cost 50 bucks to participate. Uh, and I think one of them ends at a. At a brew pub somewhere. So he need need to need to to is it needs to
0: end at a massage place. So it needs to end. Drink your sorrows away or something. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's see, art and the park, and that's uh, celebrating its 50th anniversary. Mark.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe that it's been 50 years that the Waccamaw Arts and Crafts Guild has been doing the art in the park, and that's coming up next Saturday and Sunday, October 8th and 9th. So, 10 till 4 over at Valor Memorial Garden, and then they'll be back in November. But yeah, 50 years for art in the park. And lately, Joanne Utterback puts those together for the Walk of Arts and Crafts Guild. Lately, they've had huge turnouts. I don't know what, yeah, post COVID, the, the. attendance by artists, and it's regional and local, uh, has just been enormous. I think the last one I went to, they had like 80 artists there, and I trained. So it, it's a big deal. And I've got a wood guy and a ceramics guy and other you know, other people that I regularly visit and buy stuff from
0: You, 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 uh, that's, that's right. You're not a hoarder. That's right. You're a collector. No, I'm an an accumulator. Accumulator, an accumulator. accumulator. (laughs) There's a difference. Fine line, but there's a difference. Yeah, it is. Uh, jazz festival. Now this, this, I love this festival. It's good. uh, You know, I'm not anti-beach music, but there's a ton of beach music around here. So when you get a different style of music at a festival, I get happy about that, Mark.
1: Yeah, the Jazz Festival, October is just chock full of things, Night Train. So the Jazz Festival is two weekends away. That's October 14th, 15th, and 16th, so Friday through Sunday. It's going to be over at Charlie's Place. This is the sixth annual one that we've done. It's along Carver Street. Um, I think we're clearing a little extra space. We've got a little bit of extra room. But you know, if you if, go for the music, to be sure. Sure. If go for the food as well. There are a lot of food food vendors that show up for this event. So it, it's it's not just music, there's a lot of great food at
0: that festival. You know, and, and for people that have just tuned into the show, or maybe listened to this show for a while, and but, but has never met Mark, never met Mark, you would think is, he would be probably about 320 pounds, about 320 pounds. As much, because when he goes to a festival, it's all he talks about is the food. Mark, you're not 300, yeah, you're, you're not
1: 320 pounds. You're not 300. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, uh, great, let's see. Great food. We have wonderful eating opportunities locally. So.
0: Speaking of food, and uh, th- this one is uh, yeah, it's it's I guess the food event, really. I guess it still looked at like that. The the taste of of the town event, Mark. That's always a big one.
1: Yeah, the taste of the town's coming up. That's something that St. Andrew Catholic School does has done forever. I once offered them, you know, say, why don't you do it twice a year? And they, they said, "Well, we could, but you know, we, we do pretty well with this one." <laughs>
0: um,
1: so that is Tuesday October 18th, over at the convention center, from 4 till 10 p.m., and that really is sort of the, the social event of the year. Yeah, yeah. If you're a local, um, you will see people that you only see at Taste of the Sound, I train. Um, but a great event. There's you know, it's a minor ticket price to get in, and then you you buy tickets much like the Taste of the Market Common, and, and you get to sample wonderful restaurant meals uh, from our great restaurants here. And they basically fill the convention center exhibit hall for that event.
0: You know, I do love it because, I, mean, well, I mean, we've talked about this, and if you've lived out here in any any stretch of time, you know. We've got a lot of places, a lot of options for you to eat. And... This is a good way for you to maybe something you've think, been thinking about to, to try and go, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that place. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to sample.
1: You're right. We've got some staple restaurants that are there every time, but then also the new restaurants. Mm-hmm. Some of the new restaurants will turn out here and you say, oh, I've, I've just heard about those folks. Let's go try their food out. And, and they do try to show up with their signature dishes. Mm-hmm. So you really get good stuff, too, from these folks.
0: Uh, let's talk about the Greek festival that's always a big one, and that's uh, when well, speaking of food, that's some good food at the Greek festival mark
1: It is the Greek festival. I end up spending about forty bucks on dessert over the Greek festival. I go through the the dessert line over there, get the baklava and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. I, I think I was Greek by. by <laughs> I like Greek food, I'm not, but I'm I Mark like Kruopoulos. yes, there you go. Um, I think that is like thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth uh, and sixteenth I don't have that schedule in front of me, but I think that's two weekends away as well, and that's usually a Thursday through Sunday event over at the usually they do it on my birthday weekend, but it's later this year, so um third, October thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth, I think, for the Greek festival over at St John the Baptist Greek orthodox church great, great time.
0: Uh, let's touch base on the uh, – this is not ringing a bell to me. The Small Business Resource Fair, what is, is – what, is it about yeah, what it says is it not, is?
1: Yeah, That's not ringing a bell because that's a brand-new, okay. newly scheduled event. We okay. did that small business one for – women and minority-owned businesses, what, a week ago or two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. That went very well. This is sort of a follow-up to that. So the Small Business Administration, partnering with the city of Myrtle Beach, to host a small business resource fair, 2 until 4 p.m., Thursday, October 20th. It's going to be over at the Myrtle Beach Convention Center. It's a great chance, if you are a small business locally, for you to get you know, sort of the inside scoop on you know, how to do business um, Uh, things that you would need to know with the Small Business Administration and the city of Myrtle Beach.
0: Uh, Let's talk about, um, just around the corner, uh, Veterans Day. Veterans Day.
1: Yeah, Veterans Day, we're making plans for Veterans Day this year. It is on Friday, November 11th. If the weather cooperates, we will be outdoors on the plaza over at the Myrtle Beach Convention Center. Uh, The seniors, not the seniors, the Military Appreciation Committee puts that on. Uh, we've got speakers, we've got speakers lined up, you know, we'll, we'll sing the National Anthem, the Festive Brass Band will perform, and they're very good. Um, we'll try to schedule a separate concert with the Festive Brass Band coming up in May, but everybody is invited to the Veterans Day ceremony again, 11 o'clock, the 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month,
0: coming up here. Something that I have not, I, I will, I will guarantee you I will be at... at- when the, when this thing comes to town, but next May, the uh, speaking of, of veterans, uh, the traveling Vietnam Memorial Wall, I will definitely be a part of that. Yes,
1: it's been since like 2015 or 16 since we had that here. The last time night train, uh, we're going to have it again, courtesy of the Myrtle Beach Vet Center, the Veterans Cafe, and the seniors. Not the seniors, the Military Appreciation Committee, uh, scheduling to have the traveling Vietnam. Memorial wall. It'll be out in front of Crabtree Gym over at the Market Common at Grand Park. So that's where it's going to be located. And it will be open 24 hours a day. They'll come in. They'll set it up. It'll be lighted. Um, it, it literally will be open 24 hours a day. We'll have volunteers, and at some point we'll ask for volunteers both to help set it up and then also to help sort of man it 24 hours a day. But it's going to be here four days during the Memorial Day weekend coming up in 2023.
0: Hey, the uh, the emergency notification sign up would that be a part of like weather related issues like we're going through now? For that matter, would that be a part yeah, of it?
1: The- it is. You've got a, you've got a chance to choose what you want to be notified about. So weather stuff some special event stuff um there is a list of things that you can choose on there to be notified and different methods of notifications you can get text you can get email you can actually get a real phone call to you if you want to i don't know that i would recommend necessarily getting a real <laughs> phone call but yes you can sign up for that on our facebook page or our website
0: all right for mark crew i'm nitrain thank you so much you've been listening to myrtle beach focus uh, this weekend on your favorite cumulus radio station or the podcast but either way thank you